Hello and welcome to episode number 39. Are you alright Tom? Hey Marcus, yeah. Looking forward to what, what are we doing today? Well, we are... You, do you know we're called Modern Artists Rubbish? I, I gathered, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I thought we'd investigate Modern Artists Rubbish for a podcast... So today we're going to be looking at lots of different things associated with art and rubbish cleaners. And I even uh, interviewed an artist who creates sort of a sand castle cities uh, using discarded items. All right. So when you're saying we're doing modern art is rubbish, we're doing modern art that's made of rubbish. Or involving rubbish. Like bin bags rubbish. Yes. Yes. Or ends up in bin bags the whole lot. Whoa. It's quite interesting though. I mean, do you remember, I was, um, we were talking about that the other day that we get quite a lot of listeners uh, and likes on our page because they think that we actually think that modern art is rubbish. Yeah. They like it, don't they? And then they realise that, no, you know, we sort of invite people to like the page and then they think, oh yeah, I think modern art is rubbish. It's shit. (laughs) Oh no. (laughs) That's rubbish. No, language. but we've had some people who've said, "Why do you say this?" It's like <laughs> it's not rubbish. I quite like modern art. Yeah, it's really bad. Don't do it. Don't do irony on the internet. Is the answer? All right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, um, I know you're thinking, but what is modern art? Because we talk about a lot of modern art, and people say, "Oh, modern art is rubbish." But actually, a lot of times, it's like think saying contemporary art is rubbish. Or contemporary. So contemporary, that's like current, I suppose. And modern is an actual genre rather than a time. Well, funny you should ask that. Yeah. Uh, Modern art runs from the 1860s, so you're talking and looking at sort of impressionism, early impressionists, up to around about the 1970s. I say modern art is actually quite old-fashioned. Yeah, but people haven't actually moved on. They still think that modern art is everything. Yeah, because modern art, to me, in my head, when I heard modern art, it was like, oh, yeah, that's current. Yeah. Modern, it's it's modern. It's kind of like classical music, isn't it? Classical music is a period in music. Right, yeah. It's really art music, but I think classical's become a kind of like a ubiquitous term for... Do you know uh, what era it is then, classical? No, I don't, because my knowledge is quite limited on... Uh, classical music but I guess people still do classical there's modern classical composers yeah yeah, but it it technically is art music but it's now become a sort of like a term that's used for all music all music pre Phil Spector Uh, free (laughs) free spill I nearly said free Phil Spector there (laughs) no Uh, it's only because I want him to mix your latest album (laughs) yeah Yes, so art critics started using the term contemporary around about the 1960s. So you're wondering, but then of course you're thinking, but you know, that's like Andy Warhol contemporary, you know, Damien Hirst contemporary. But what about the artists now, like Adrian Genny or Avery Singer, you're thinking, they were born sort of like in the sort of mid 70s and some were even born in the 80s. What are they called? Are they still contemporary? Are they the same as Andy Warhol? Yeah, what are they then? Well... There's a new, apparently there's a new thing which Artnet uses to distinguish uh, Artnet, the big website on art, and yeah. they call them ultra-contemporary. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, so that work is now ultra-contemporary, apparently. Yeah, so we're going to have to keep invent- inventing new words for current yeah. in art, you know, aren't any, we, for the next few hundred years, yeah, as long as... Yeah, you got any words? Got any words for current? Um, 
uh, hot. Hot. That's contemporary. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. Right. So, on to the first artist. We're going to talk about rubbish a lot, a lot of rubbish. And this is a... An artist called Gavin Turk. He does a lot of quite ironic artworks, and we've picked a sort of series of his, and they're called Trash Culture. Now, what this artist has done is he's actually made casts in in different materials of actual rubbish, the stuff that we all throw away. So I'm looking at one here, and it's called a 2008 piece, and it's called Cotton Chips to Take Away. Now. Looking at this, this is literally a bronze cast of a polystyrene takeaway chip tray. So basically, you know, when you go late at night after a few drinks and you go to your local... Yeah, work. this one that he's done, yeah. it looks like one that has been discarded on the street. So it's yeah. not like a new one. You get it all shiny and yeah, new yeah. and you can put you the lid chips down. In, yeah. yeah, this is all cracked and it's got like footprints on it. Like it's, yeah. it's like yeah. litter, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yes, it is. It's a, it's that kind of one that you find on, uh, you know, find on the street where someone's been eating chips and they've just chucked it. Do you wonder what it's made of, Tom? You said it could, described it as a cast, yeah. didn't you? So it's like, it's not made of polystyrene. No, then. it's actually made of bronze and it's painted to look super realistic. All right, yeah. Da, the, the, you've given me an image on a bit of paper, yeah, a photo yeah. of it. It looks, it does look like polystyrene. You wouldn't, yeah. I guess if you were there in real life, it would still, looking at it in front of you, it would still look yeah. like polystyrene. It's obviously going to be a lot more expensive to buy one of those and have them in, but it's interesting. Ah, oh, you know, it questions the nature of the stuff we throw away and, you know, the value we give to stuff. Yeah. And uh, the value of art. I mean, would you like to have one of those in your, a Gavin Turk in your house? Or would uh, you? No, not really. No. I like Gavin Turk, but. Yeah. It's like, I don't know, it just looks messy, doesn't it? It does. (laughs) It looks like rubbish. (laughs) The other thing is, and we will put pictures of discarded chip trays. I I tell you who'd love Gavin Turk are. Foxes. Foxes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, just put a few. Well, that wouldn't be, yeah, but foxes don't like bronze chips. Oh, right, that's true, yeah. But But they wouldn't be able to tell. They'd have to come over and have a look, wouldn't they? He's also done a, a series of other works on the idea of rubbish. Uh, there's one which is 2004, which was called Dump, which was a, a bronze cast of a bin bag. It literally looks like a, bin, a used bin bag full of rubbish, but it's made of bronze. And he's done another one, which is called Pile, which is a series of six bin bags. Wow, all, yeah. All sort, of, sort of arranged and stacked together. The thing is, there'd be no danger of those being chucked away because they, I reckon they'd be really heavy if that was bronze. Yeah, it's just going to like, if you leave them in your garden, everyone's going to come round, they'll just think you're a, a slob. <laughs> yeah, <you laughs> I'll be like, bizarre. no, no, it's art. <laughs> Honestly, guys, don't leave. It's art, guys. <laughs> they're not real bin bags. They're made of bronze. <laughs> guys, this cost £100,000. Don't leave, guys. <laughs> bronze bags. <laughs> yeah, well, if you are going to throw them away, you could use his uh, 
1996 place called Pimp, which actually is a highly polished and lacquered skip. And again, it's looking at identity, authorship, those kind of things, you know. What is it? Let's have a look. It's a really highly polished skip. All right, yeah. Again, it looks like rubbish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this one actually is made out of steel. It's not made out of bronze, and it's just a really... What I'm looking at is a Guys, skip. this skip is made out of steel. <laughs> <laughs> so if you want to keep your bronze bin bags, you can stick them in this... Skip. Skip, this posh skip. So it's like a kind of... Yeah, posh. cheers, Gavin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, cheers, Gavin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sure he's gutted. <laughs> so sorry it leads us very nicely to our next artists which is Tim Noble and Sue Webster and they're a British art duo you mean um, a British oh, art yeah. duo I did that I did, for, for those of you listening I, for some reason I did a A-OK sign that divers would do <laughs> on the word British yeah. <laughs> oh dear oh my god god save the Queen <laughs> well we're a British art duo I guess yeah. well yeah <laughs> I guess as well I guess yeah so this is another British art. Yes, duo. this is this is art discussing art. Why, they're famous for uh, doing works that relate to self-portraiture, and one of the ways they create portraits, and probably their most famous work, is called "Dirty White Trash with Goals." And basically, what they do is that they did a series of these works, and they're shadow sculptures. So, what they do is they create. Uh, a sort of like a piece of an insulation piece and it can be incorporating lots and lots and lots of rubbish so it, it could be scrap metal it could be old toothbrushes it could be be used baked bean cans old lego bricks broken sunglasses basically anything that you uh you can get a tesco <laughs> <laughs> after you've used it uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah there's toilet rolls there as well yeah so looking at this work it's a pile of rubbish that they've accumulated over six months what's unusual about this piece is that they've shone a light on the rubbish and what it does is it actually forms a silhouette of the artists and they're what they're doing is they're decadently i don't know would you say they're decadently sitting back to back well, when you say decadent, they're sitting back to back on the ground. Yeah. One of them is drinking a glass of wine, the other one's smoking a cigarette. Yeah, they're looking very relaxed and enjoying the finer things in life, if cigarettes are the finer things in life. Yeah. Um, so I, I, saw, I saw a piece about a cigarette. I don't know if you saw it on the kitchen table. What was that? It's just got cancer coming out in smoke. Oh. It's from the, from 1970. That's a, I'll have to show you that. That's very literal, isn't it? Yeah. Do, 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 do you mean there's an association between cigarette smoking and cancer? 1970, there was, yeah. Yeah, but now it's cool. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say that. It's not cool. Don't smoke. So the light has cast this shadow. So it's really interesting. So what you've got is you've got this abstract pile of rubbish and then you've got this really realistic looking shadow on the wall. 
Yeah, it's amazing. At first, I didn't notice the silhouette. Mm. I was just like, oh, it's a big pile of rubbish with seagulls yeah. there. Then you look behind it, you see the silhouette on the wall, this image of the two artists. Yeah, it's, and it, it's amazing. It's, it makes me think, you are what you eat. Yes. Is this us? Is this what we are? Yeah. You know, there's that kind of question. There's also, as an artist, a lot of the art that I do is actually semi-representational. So it's not quite abstract and it doesn't quite look like the thing. And there's always that balance. And this is really interesting that you've got the completely abstract juxtaposed with the kind of realistic looking silhouettes of the people. Yeah, nice. And you say, but is that it? Is that all there is to this art? Is that what you're thinking? Yeah, is that is there something else that you're not saying yet? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's also questioning what is real, what is reality. Oh, yeah. And I'm going to tell you a quick story. Do you want to hear a bit of Greek philosophy? Yeah, please, yeah, yeah, please. Yeah. The Greek philosopher Plato used this story of a cave to describe reality or I, I, I suppose how people perceive reality. And what it is, is he said, you've got to imagine a cave and there's a people that have been chained up since they've been babies. So I suppose they must have walked with their chains as they grow up. Right, yeah. And behind them, there is a, sort of like a fire burning. So when people walk in front of the fire, they see these shadows and they think, these shadows are real. They think, well, these shadows are talking, they're making noises, goes behind oh, the them. Oh, sh the shadows are them? Well, no, no, no. They, they see an animal behind them. Sorry, the, I, maybe I misplaced the fire, but the, there's a fire in the room, right, that casts shadows, but they can't see what walks past the fire. Okay, yeah, yeah. Because so, they're chained and they're facing forwards. Yeah. Maybe that's made it clearer. So, so an animal might pass and they'll hear a noise and they think, oh, look, that's a shadow thing, yeah. creature. And, of course, they're seeing shadows. They're not seeing the real thing. Yeah. And what happens is, is one day... One of the uh, people that are chained up, he, he's, he's freed. He suddenly finds himself free. And he goes out into the bright sun. It's like, oh, my God, it's really bright out here. And then he suddenly sees that, hang a sec, hallucinating because he's seeing all these, like, real things, like solid people and, like, animals and stuff. And he thinks, whoa, it's really bright. And he's, he can't believe it. So he goes back into the cave to tell his friends and says, my God, look at all these real things out there. There's loads of real things out there. It's, it's amazing. They're, these shadows aren't real. They're, they're cast by, by real th objects. And his friends just go, no, don't be stupid. You're, you're crazy. Yeah, you've been abducted by aliens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the shadow aliens, yeah, obviously. the shadow <laughs> aliens, yeah. <laughs> and, of course, it's about the reality. He's gone out into the light, the bright light, and seen things as they re as they are another reality and when you look at this piece you see the rubbish and you see the shadow and you question what is real what what is you know what is life about and all right yeah so there's a bit of a nod to plato in this piece yes i think so yeah. i like a nod to plato yeah Um, so the last one was about consumerism, the last art piece we talked about. And uh, this next artwork by Michael Landy uh, has a similar flavour. And it's called Breakdown. And it's by Michael Landy. And for the 2001 
uh, work, the artist destroyed everything he owned. Literally everything. His clothes, his artworks, artworks that were given to him. His dad's prized sheepskin coat. He even destroyed his car. Everything. So what, the art piece was the process of him destroying his stuff. Was he there in yes. the gallery yeah. destroying his yeah. stuff and people were watching him do yeah. it? Yeah, so what happened was he made a list of every single item he owned, which actually totaled 7,227 items. And over the period of two weeks, a team of 12 assistants uh, shredded, dismantled and crushed all of these possessions. And basically, this was actually done on Oxford Street. Now, for those of you that don't know what Oxford Street is, it's a sort of like a busy shopping centre. It's kind of like a mecca to consumerism in London. It's quite good. It's quite buzzy, but I wouldn't like to go there too much because it gets very crowded. Yeah, it's always busy around yeah. Oxford Street. Yeah. So this was uh, held in a, in a, a, for, a site of a former clothes shop in Oxford Street. If you went there, it had um, conveyor belts, and items in yellow boxes so it looks a bit like a factory floor and for me I mean I remember when this piece was done and it's very much about you know what objects define us you know the things that we consumed is it you know is it us and it's also obviously a thing about consumerism it's about all this stuff that we just keep buying you know what does it mean you know does it represent anything yeah, so doing it on Oxford Street, that's quite a good place to do yeah, that. Quite funny. Yeah, yeah. So, obviously, the end, Michael Landy ended up having nothing, even he'd even borrowed the boiler suit that he was in. So, of course, all this stuff was, he was just left with lots of shreddings that uh, were in bin bags. Um, at the time, he was thinking about, you know, sort of like selling the shreddings, his shredded possessions as kind of like little artworks in themselves. Artifacts. Yeah. <laughs> Artifacts. Yeah. Yeah. And um, he decided not to. He thought he couldn't bear to go around people's houses and perhaps see, you know, be reminded of his stuff that he's lost and see it in like a little Perspex box. Yeah. Know. So sadly, it all went to landfill. Now, in 2001, I have to say, environment wasn't as high up the agenda because I can't imagine you would do that now, destroy your work and just stick it in landfill. Whoa, yeah. Yeah, that's not, that's not something you want to do. So, you know, he destroyed all his work. He's left, he actually is left with something at the end of it. Apparently he's left with a lot of debts because he's still got fine stuff and everything, he's destroyed everything he owns. So, um, and he's had to go and buy himself a toothbrush. And apparently... He said within about a few hours of it finishing, he'd already been given a Paul Weller CD by a friend. So he'd already accumulated something pretty much straight away, but he said he had no CD player to play it on because he crushed it. All right. Maybe you could go to the library. Bring your headphones. You'll have to borrow yeah. some, wouldn't you? Yeah. Uh, hello, welcome to the library. Uh, yes, I just want to come in and play my CD. Yes, CD players are over there, sir. Go over there, help yourself. <laughs> uh, you're going to have to use headphones... You're going to have to use headphones. There's no sound in here. <laughs> also, could you put some clothes on? <laughs> Do you have your library membership card? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, all I've got is this Paul Weller CD. 
Please play it for me. <laughs> so that's Michael Landy. Yeah, Michael Landy, yeah. Or Landy Fell, as he likes to be known. Yeah. Landy Fell? Yeah, Landy Fell. <laughs> <laughs> Um, the next artist we're featuring, Tom, we've got an interview. Hey! Yeah, when I was in a Colchester, when I was in a Colchester, <laughs> I sounded like my great-grandfather, he's Italian, yeah, it's quite funny. <laughs> um, I was speaking to a Suffolk-based artist who was having his work shown in a, a gallery in Colchester called Andy Greenacre, and it was a work that was involving uh, sand, um, but... Cool. Don't worry, the, it does stick within the rubbish theme of this podcast. Oh, good, uh, glad to hear it. Yeah, because yeah, he uses um, discarded packaging to uh, create a sandcastle city in the gallery. Wow. Yeah. Have you ever uh, Have you ever played with sand? Um, maybe when I was yeah. a kid, yeah, yeah, probably. I like yeah, that. Well, no, I did, yeah. Yeah, I like that one. Have you ever seen that stuff I like? It's a magic sand. Oh, don't say the word magic to me. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> you know what I'm going to come out yeah, with. No, nothing to do with mushrooms. Don't do mushrooms, kids. No, well, n- normal mushrooms you can do because they taste nice with salads. Yeah, well, I've never made a castle out of mushrooms. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> but magic, magic mushrooms. No, not magic mushrooms. Sand. Magic sand. Yeah, magic sand. Um, you know, it's this sand. It, what it does is you, you put it in water and it, but then when you take it out of the water it gets dry instantly I don't know how it does that I I, I'm not sure what magic sand is sand well all I remember is you put the sand in the water and and when you take the sand out of the water it's dry instantly wow because it's magic so is that the sand he used for this city sculpture no he used normal sand where did he get the sand from I didn't ask him you know right yeah I suppose he could just rock up to Clacton or Frinton and Take a look. I guess he's in Suffolk, so that, well, yeah, that'd yeah. be Harridge. Do they yeah. have sand in Harridge? <laughs> Harridge sand. I want Harridge sand for anything. Oh, sorry. Sorry to those in Albra, I suppose. Albra. Albra sand. Nice aquatic sand, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, yes, that's, that's a nice selection of sand memories there. Um, <laughs> so, um, this is the interview uh, with Andy Greenacre. Describe the work for us. Yeah, so it's called um, 520 Sandscapes, um, and it's a second installation that I've done of, of a sand sculpture. Um, and it's made out of the forms of waste plastic. So everything that's like a one-use item that you'd yeah. have at home, okay. a meat tray, a mushroom tray, the idea is that I've created this, uh, this sandscape out of those forms. So there's about 20 repeating shapes across it, yeah, and there are roughly five hundred and twenty of them. Yeah, not, okay. not exact, and it, it's meant to represent a very optimistic idea that if we only had ten bits of plastic each, that's what it would look like in a year. Okay, so I'm looking at some of these shapes. I'm quite interested to see what are the uh, sort of like they look like shuttlecocks. Yeah, so someone uh, someone called them uh, Daleks. They I was like, like, oh, okay, Daleks, sh- yeah, yeah. <laughs> shuttlecocks. So they're actually screwball um, ice cream. Oh yes, yeah. Packets. So I've tried to choose some items that just stand out slightly different. Um, so the large one with an indentation on the top is actually a profiterole tray. 
not something that I used, but it was my my mum and dad's. Uh, and then there are other ones that just have really nice patterns. So the one that's large and long, that's actually a mushroom tray. Yeah. I mean, it's really sad, isn't it, that something like a mushroom, which you, you and I would have had in a yeah. paper bag, is now given to you in a plastic container with a cellophane wrap. Yeah. Uh, and actually it sweats and goes off anyway. So it's... It's just trying to highlight that volume of plastic. There is a lot. And this is the average for how long, did you say? Well, I've basically said 520, which is 10 items a week. So in oh a very, God. very, very, very cautious uh, average, if you were to have 10 items a week. Yeah. Now, I know that's slightly antagonistic because there's probably nobody who does that. But that's part of it, is to try and force people to realise that if they had 10, it would still look like this quantity. And it's just over eight metres long and just over a metre wide. So it's quite a large quantity. Um, and it, the weight of the sand is about 750 kilograms. Crikey. How long did it take you to do it? It took 12 hours. 12 hours. Crikey. Yeah. So it's sort of... Uh, previously when I've done this, uh, I did one at uh, First Light Festival, which yeah. is... It was in Lower Stoff this oh, year. Oh, cool. And it was a durational piece that I made over 24 hours. Um, and at the end of it, it was destroyed. But obviously, th- there was no chance that anyone could have found it over the coming weeks and months. Yeah. It had gone. All oh, right. Uh, so that's why when I was asked if I wanted to be involved with this and I wanted to reinstall, I wanted to do something that was physically similar. Yeah. Obviously, putting it in a gallery gives it a completely different context rather yeah, than yeah. beach. So um, there's a there's a look of Blade Runner about it. It is a cityscape I'm yeah, looking at yeah, as well, exactly, yeah. Yeah, um, Do you know what? Blade Runner is one of the ones I get regularly. The other one I get is Star Wars. Star Wars, yes. So, and then someone else said, what about, um, you know, it's a bit like Dubai. Yeah, yeah. and there's these, apparently these Moroccan cities. Oh, yes. Yeah. In this bit, I asked him about uh, how he starts, starts to create a work. I mean, what, what does he do first? I presume it's something to do with the bucket and spade, but... <laughs> All of my work starts with play. Yeah. So I... These are sandcastles. This is me yeah, yeah, it's sand. Cool. My experience is that when people walk in and see it, they are sort of taken back to their childhood and brought straight back down to being young, having fun, not having yeah. any kind of worries. And then, and then they can kind of see it as art. Yes, yeah, I was just thinking when you say take it back to your childhood, my first instinct would be to run out and yeah. kick it down. <laughs> well, funnily enough, I'm sort of considering at the end of the exhibition, which is what I did at the, the lowest off one, having children oh, yes. come in and destroy it. Yes. I like the fact as well, because, you know, pretty, I mean, I suppose it's obvious, but, you know, sand is very biodegradable I was looking yeah. at that and saying but it definitely you said that kind of organic biodegradable erosion side of it it will disappear it has no value as an yeah. artwork apart from in situ and unlike the plastic that will last for hundreds yeah. of years yeah. it, it's going to go yeah What other stuff are you doing in the future? So what I'd like to do is I'd like to do a larger version of this. Yes. I do this in concrete as yeah. well, on small scale, like a live performance where people come and actually create, they bring the plastic yeah. 
I make the concrete and I put it onto pallets I've done that on the beach before oh, yeah. so I'd like to do that again I'd like to develop this and make larger versions um, when it was at, at First Light Festival um, Wayne Hemingway obviously was involved with that and he said that it was an interesting fun piece that kind of was thought provoking yeah. I'd quite like to see if there's a way this could be a performance piece at festivals yeah. at places where waste is created um, where those people would not do that in their everyday life and yet they're in a field having fun and they don't necessarily think about the waste yes. they create so that was that was interesting then that was uh, that was Grand, Andy Greenacre any any thoughts on the uh, do you want to make a sand city yourself Tom um, not really no what about um, you know maybe not sand you know you've got access to a lot of cat litter you thought about using because you've got a cat, of course, uh, Kenzie. Uh, thought about using cat litter to create a, an artwork. You, you know, because I because I clear out the litter tray. Yeah. Like anyone who has a litter tray, you go. You, you don't want to play with that. Right. <laughs> 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 You've never been I tempted mean, to sculpt it. You can ask uh, Kenzie what she does with it. I mean, she yeah. does play with it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah wow. She makes sculptures out of her shits. You know. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> So, I hear you thinking, right? It's all a bit confusing. How do you tell what's art and what isn't art? Yeah. <laughs> do I hear what you thinking you, that? Well, what am I? What am I working for the council, picking up, collecting the rubbish? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, oh, oh, you know, how do you tell what's art and what's not art? Yeah. Well, it'll be in the green bins, won't it? <laughs> <laughs> well. <laughs> There have been a lot of cleaners I've been looking into over uh, the years that have had problems with this very question. Well, absolutely. All the work we've looked at today just looks like a pile of trash, doesn't it? Uh, Yes. Even though it's not in the green bins, you'd be tempted if you were a bin man, (laughs) wouldn't you? Right. In 2004, a cleaner chucked away part of the work by the artist Gustav Metzger. And part of the installation that the artist did was actually a bag of rubbish. But there was a, you know, if you look at the piece, there was actually a perimeter sort of marked out on the floor, uh, which the bag was placed behind. And apparently the bag represented the sort of like fragility of art. Um, and on the wall of the installation was a sort of like a, a nylon work, which was part destroyed. Metzger uh, was famous for his um, auto-destructive art. So basically, a uh, cleaner saw this and thought, oh, look, there's a bag of rubbish. It must be rubbish, not art. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> what would you do when confronted with a bag of rubbish? Would you think it was rubbish? Well, I'd be keeping an eye on the time. You know, I've got to get home and get some food. So I'll just clear that rubbish bag. I'll just get rid of that and then I'm almost done. Just got to sweep that room there and then I'll be done. That's what I'd be thinking. (laughs) (laughs) In the morning, they obviously realised the mistake that had been made by the cleaner. Apparently, they just replaced it. All right, so actually it was just a bag of rubbish, so it didn't really matter. Actually wondering if they just went out and just, they just picked the bag of rubbish out of uh, the bin. The bin, yeah. And then just put it back on display. I mean, it is all bit disgusting isn't it yeah, yeah so basically they told him <laughs> to stop it happening again they put a sheet over it a plastic sheet over it at night and said do not throw away the rubbish it's art something similar happened to Damien Hurst in 2001 
what happened was a cleaner tidied up a collection of beer bottles, empty cigarette packets, paint tubes and old ashtrays. Um, Damien Hurst had actually created this work as a kind of like a representation of the artist's studio. So the cleaner comes in to clean up the studio and he said apparently, um, you know, as soon as he clapped eyes on it, he thought, oh my God, there's so much mess here. Yeah. You know, there's been a real sort of a... The cleaner was doing us all a favour, to yeah. be fair. <laughs> <laughs> and he was also quoted as saying, you know, in the morning, he thought, you know, there's obviously been a bit of a party going on and he thought it didn't look much like art for him, so he, he cleared it up and dumped it. Oh. Yeah. Apparently, then what had the staff had to do is they had to go out into the bins and collect all the stuff that had been thrown away and recreate it from photographs. All right, yeah. yeah. Damien Hurst, apparently. That's a depressing job, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> apparently, Damien Hurst found it quite funny, though. So that's <laughs> Again, another one in 1986, uh, there was a work by Joe, the uh, German artist Joseph Boys, and it's an untitled work. Basically, it's a bathtub. And it had a layer of grease. Now, if you walk into a gallery and you see a bathtub and it has a layer of grease on it, that's gonna that's gonna make you want to clean it, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. You get your, I mean, I I don't always have cream cleaner in my bag, but yeah. you know, when you go to a gallery, you want it sometimes, yeah, don't yeah. you? <laughs> so and sponge. Yeah. So uh, that bathtub was cleaned, spotless. In the gallery. Yeah, yeah. So they arrived and they found the work was damaged. I mean, technically it's been damaged. Yeah. And it has happened before where someone's got so zealous, they've actually scrubbed paint off the artwork to get it looking clean. Right, yeah, yeah. That's, that seems unusual. Yeah. I mean, I can understand the cleaners picking up the bin bags yeah. of rubbish but like maybe giving the artworks a clean, cleaning the paint off them. Yeah, there was actually one and it was by an, <laughs> uh, another artist. Um, sorry, unfortunately, I can't remember the name, but it's another artist who had a piece and it was quite a valuable piece on loan. And it had kind of like a, a painted film on it to make it look like, I suppose, dirty rainwater. And someone thought that looks very dirty. And they cleaned it off for yeah. the artist. Yeah. Very nice of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thousands and thousands of pounds worth of damage. Yeah. Yeah. But it looked very clean. Yeah. Yeah. We, as as you've heard, I'm not that keen on having artwork that looks like rubbish around. So yeah. these cleaners sound like they're doing a good job to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mind you, you. I mean, if you had a Turk, you might you you'd end up having just a piece of bronze if you've got to clean that. Um, so that draws a close to to a close our um, our rubbish. Oh, we haven't mentioned Filthy Luca, who we spoke to a few oh, weeks yes. ago. No, what Filthy Luca did was he made a sculpture from discarded tents. He did. Yes. Yeah, and it's a giant tent monster. So basically, I mean, I, I don't know if people know, but when you go to festivals, there's a lot of people that just buy cheap tents and then they just dump them. They don't repack them and take them back with them and use them again yeah. so this is quite a big problem and he made what he's done is he's made this uh, inflatable monster out of uh, discarded tents to raise the awareness of the issue and it's been shown around festivals yeah no I've seen that it's yeah really cool great we'll, yeah we'll put a link to it on our site yeah and to our filthy Luke we had a chat with him didn't we a couple of months yeah, back yeah. yeah so it's just um, just to say if you want to uh Head over to our Facebook page. We've got links to all our social media. 
um, stuff. And it's just goodbye. Then. Goodbye, goodbye. That was rubbish. Was it? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) This whole episode was rubbish, man. (laughs) Yeah, your goodbye was rubbish. All right.